right, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to Proverbs chapter 24. Proverbs chapter 24, and as you're turning there, um, we'll look at uh, just a couple verses this evening and think about the three, three good qualities for leaders, three good qualities for leaders. And, and you might not think of yourself as a leader. You think, well, man, who am I, who am I leading? But uh, you probably are a leader in some form or fashion. Uh, fathers are to be leaders of their family, uh, and therefore they're leaders. Mothers are often leaders of their children, teaching and uh, guiding them, and uh, they spend a great deal of time teaching, and uh, many times simply by example even you teach. And then grandparents, you know, you have uh, your grandchildren, and, and they look up to you, and it's an opportunity to be a leader to them even. And so there's many areas of leadership. Sometimes you think, well, because I'm not a... Uh, a boss of a large corporation that I'm not a leader, you don't have to be in charge of a lot of people to be a leader. You can just have one follower and you're still a leader. Um, and so uh, I think it's, it's wise for us to become good leaders and look at some of these qualities. And these overlap really with the home and the idea of the home uh, here. Maybe you're even a leader at work. Uh, or, or some other area. Maybe you don't, you're not in charge, you're not the boss per se, but uh, you're a leader maybe in, in an area of uh, workers that are newer coming in and they look up to you and they say, well, this guy knows what he's doing or uh, some other area of that nature. So uh, hopefully this will be a help and a blessing to you. Proverbs chapter number 27, and it's not just for leaders. I've, I've kind of put it into that context uh, there's many areas of which this will fit. So Proverbs chapter 24 and verse number 27, the Bible says this, Prepare thy work without, and make it fit for thyself in the field, and afterwards build thine house. We'll stop right there. Uh, just that one verse, we'll go on and cover a few more verses after that, but let's stop right there for this evening, and let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you just for your goodness to us. Thank you for the opportunity that we have to get into your word, Father, and study it and learn from it and draw lessons, God, that can be a help and a blessing to our life. God, I pray that you'd use me. I pray, Father, that you'd speak through me. And God, I pray that you would just touch each and every heart, Father, as we certainly can draw from your word and learn from it. And we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' precious name, I pray. Amen. As we look at this verse... Uh, again, let's read it one more time. Proverbs 24, 27. Prepare thy work without and make it fit for thyself in the field and afterwards build thine house. Uh, you read that and, and at first it's kind of like, well, that's kind of a disjointed verse. It's a little bit awkward. It's a little bit odd. But the idea, if you read it a few times and you kind of uh, work, work it at really figuring out what it's trying to say, there is a good deal of preparation. And the idea of this verse is that we are to prepare uh, before we launch into something. Uh, and so that's what he's saying. He's saying, hey, go out in the field and prepare. If you imagine uh, physically building a house, um, you're going to go out to the area and you're going to look and you're going to say, uh, I'm sure that pastor did this with this building. You're going to look and you're going to say, which way do we want to face well, what, where do we want the face of the building? Where, if you're building a house, where am I going to put my front door? Where do I want to open up and walk out to? And so what he's saying is, lay a good groundwork of preparation 
before you do any building. That is kind of the idea of this verse. That's the scope of it. And I want to look at this idea of, of preparation. Uh, the first thing that we notice about it is the very first word he says, prepare thy work without. Um, in a book that uh, Paul Chapel wrote, I read this story, uh, and I'm going to read it to you. It's, it's very fitting for this. It says this, it says, In the early 1900s, the world watched with excitement and intense interest as the race to be the first to reach the South Pole unfolded. It's cleaned down at the bottom of the earth, and it's all snowy, okay? Uh, the two front runners were Norwegian explorer Roald Amundsen and a British naval officer, Robert Falcon Scott. Scott's expedition set out hoping to arrive first. After weeks of strenuous and dangerous travel, Scott and four other men reached the South Pole, only to find that Amundsen and his party had beaten them by five weeks. Disappointed in their failure, they set out, the, they set out on the 800-mile journey back to safety. That return journey proved fatal. Scott and his group failed to connect with the dog teams that were meant to meet them on the way and speed their trip to safety. The party was trapped by a massive blizzard, their supplies ran out, and all of them perished. Scott was lauded as a hero and received posthumous honors from the British Empire. But as historians began to study his surviving notes and the accounts of others, they came to realize that the fate of Scott and his party was largely due to his failure as a leader, specifically his failure to plan for the adversity and hardship he and his men would face while in hostile Antarctica. Could you imagine that? Wisdom places great value on planning and preparation because of the important connection between how we start and how we finish. Jesus pointed out the importance of planning when he asked, For which of you intending to build a tower sitteth not down first, and counteth the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it? Many of the problems we have come... Uh, because many of the problems we have come because we simply did not prepare to avoid them before beginning our work. And so as we look at this verse and we think about those leadership qualities of preparation, again, the Bible says here, prepare thy work without and make it fit for thyself. Whatever uh, scope or whatever we're involved with, uh, we need to be planning. Specifically, I think this passage is referring to uh, a home that is a father and a mother and, and, and starting that home and building that home. Uh, and we'll look at that in a little bit. But the idea here is prepare thyself or prepare thy work without. And, uh, and we need to be prepared for, uh, for many things in life. Uh, and, and whatever area of leadership that you may be in, uh, we need to be prepared for that. And as I started looking at the idea of being prepared, uh, I, started, I started looking for some verses, and the idea is this. Uh, look with me in Jonah, chapter number 1. Save your spot in Proverbs. We'll be back there. But go with me to Jonah, that little book there in the uh, Minor Prophets, Jonah. 
I looked up prepared to see, and, and it shows up many times throughout the Bible, but it shows up right here in the book of Jonah, and I'm, I'm not gonna, we're not going to spend a lot of time on this, but I do want to just point this out and, and give it to you so you can think about it. But, uh, but look at what the Bible says in Jonah. Uh, as you know the story, Jonah, of course, was called to go to uh, preach at Nineveh, and of course he did not want to go, and he runs the other way and buys a, a ticket to go to Tarshish, and he's running from the Lord, and, and uh, you know the Lord has him uh, thrown overboard and then he's swallowed by a whale and the whale spits him up on uh, the shores there of Nineveh and he does go and preach and the town repents and Nineveh, or Jonah rather, wow, I Nona, I just mixed Jonah and Nineveh, how about that? Nona is Italian for grandmother, There's, in case you're on trivia, okay? Uh, Jonah was, uh, uh, was upset. He goes running up to the mountain because they repented. And as he's setting up there, uh, the Bible says that, uh, that uh, 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 he picks a, a tree that has a shade, and, and, uh, or rather the, God allows a tree to have shade there for him, and then God smites the tree. And God's upset. But I want you to see this, so that's kind of the idea of what's going on in Jonah. Look with me at verse number, chapter number 1 and verse number 7. The Bible says this, And they said, every one to his fellow, come and let us cast lots that we may know for whose cause this evil is upon us. So they cast lots and the lot fell upon Jonah. It is not the right verse. 17, there we go. Look with me at verse number 17. I thought that was too soon. And verse number 17. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah, I want you to realize and understand God uh, beforehand had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. God is a God that is prepared. Look with me in Jonah chapter 4 at the end of the book there, just over one page, um, if you even have to turn your page, in verse number 6. Look at what it says. And the Lord God prepared a gourd and made it come up over Jonah that it might be a shadow over his head to deliver him from his grief. And so we find that God prepared this, this gourd and this leaf to come up and, and shadow over Jonah. Look at verse number 7. But God prepared a worm when, it, when the morning rose the next day. So God prepared the gourd, God prepared the worm, God prepared the whale. Look at verse number 8. And it came to pass when the sun did arise that God prepared a vehement east wind. And the sun did beat upon the head of Jonah that he fainted. And so God is in the business of preparing beforehand many things. Now, God is God. And God could have uh, very easily just, I mean, he did speak and say, let there be light, and there was light. But God is also a God of order. And God does things in a very orderly fashion, and God prepared all of this stuff beforehand. Let's go back to our verse in Proverbs chapter 24. And verse number 27, and I want us to understand that God, that, that there's a work of preparation. And it's something that we ought to do. Uh, you know, things don't just happen by themselves. Uh, a lot of people in evolution, they say, uh, you know, well, things just evolved. Listen, it was, things were designed that way. Uh, one of the things I heard years ago, and I've never forgotten, it's always my favorite illustration. And they say, uh, you know, if you go down to the junkyard, uh, and you take a stick of dynamite and you throw it in the pile of cars there uh, and it explodes, you don't expect uh, a nice truck to pop out of that explosion. 
That's just not going to happen. Uh, you're not going to, I mean, nothing, no good vehicle is going to come from that explosion. Uh, a vehicle is something that is designed. Uh, I, I was going to look up and I did not do it, but, uh, uh, you know, you think about Henry Ford when he dev- designed the first car. I'm sure he labored at it and he worked at it and he, and he drew this up and, and he laid it all out and, and he took it out for test runs and, and this didn't work or that didn't work. And so and then he turned around and he went back to the drawing board and, and he would lay it out again and he would prepare. And what I'm saying is, in our life, we need to prepare. The Bible would give us reason for that. It says in verse 27, prepare thy work without and make it fit for thyself in the field. And so we need to establish and prepare ourselves and make it fit for us. Uh, Listen, not everyone is the same, and I'm grateful we're not. Uh, I had six children, and you know what? Even though we had twins twice, they're all different. They're not the same. Uh, And each child is individual, and each child is different and unique in their own characters. I was telling one of my kids the other day, I said, just remember, I said, everyone is unique just like you, is a quaint saying, so you can remember and take that home, okay? Um, But, so you establish, and what he says here is he says, prepare thy work without, in other words, spend the time uh, in, in preparation so that things can go smooth, whatever it is you're involved in, and then he goes on and he says, make it fit for thyself in the field. And I thought, you know, we need to establish ourselves Uh, in in the area that we are uh, working at. Uh, And I want us to understand this. Uh, Listen, we're not not establishing ourselves in society. That wouldn't be a bad thing per se. But I'm specifically looking at spiritual ideas and preparing ourselves spiritually. And in order to do that, we need to establish ourselves in God. Uh, How do we do that? Well, by taking time to read the Word of God by taking time to understand and realize uh, what God would have us to do and how God would have us to live our life and and to live our life that way. Uh, When Paul was writing Timothy, his own son in the faith, he encouraged him in these two things, uh, well, many things really throughout the book of Timothy. Uh, But in 2 Timothy 2, 1, he says, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. In other words, that he was to grow in that grace and that he would establish himself to be strong in that grace. He goes on into another verse that we understand and we know. uh, In 2 Timothy 2.15, he said to Timothy, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And listen, you might not be a preacher, but listen, studying the word of God to help your life spiritually. It will establish you and ground you so that when temptation does arise in business or in some other area that maybe you are a leader and all eyes are now focused on you and you're like, and I'm glad I'm established. I'm glad I'm prepared. I'm glad I knew that this was coming and that I can withstand and say, you know what, I know what God would have me to do and this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to follow God with my life. And I'm going to obey God in everything that I do. And if we're established and we're, we've taken the time to prepare ourselves for those things, then listen, uh, we'll be established and we won't have half the, problem, uh, half the problems that we have in our life. And so there's a lot of preparation uh, that we need to go into for our own lives. Now he goes on in this verse. 
he says, prepare thy work without. In other words, take the time to lay the groundwork. Make it fit for thyself in the field. In other words, uh, you know, make sure you're, you're established and you know what you're doing and where your responsibility lies. And then he goes on and he says, in verse 27, the last part, he says, and afterwards build thine house. I looked up that word house in the Bible. I was actually surprised at how many times it turns up. It shows up more than 2,000 times in the Bible, the word house. I didn't know that. I thought maybe a couple hundred times it might show up. But 2,000 times it shows up, and I did not look them all up, and I did not read them all, okay? So I'm not implying that I did. But oftentimes in the Bible, that word house, it's used to reference not a physical building, but rather a family unit. Uh, oftentimes in our mindset, uh, in the English language, we would denote a house as a building and a home as a unit of family. Uh, but in the Bible, that's not necessarily the case. We find the word house can often be used for the word of family. And so I want us just to understand that. And he says in verse number 27, at the end part, he says, And afterwards, build thine house. So the first part we have, preparation and we need to lay groundwork and we need to prepare ourselves and we need to do those things uh, before we jump into any area that we may do. Uh, Now this would apply just as much for physical construction would for a family. I believe it goes both ways. If you go out and, uh, and, and you build a house with no plans and no design, it's probably not going to be very good. I remember going to the garage. My dad had wood, uh, scrap wood in, in his garage. And, uh, and I'd be like, Dad, can I go build something? And he'd be like, yeah, what are you going to build? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build a birdhouse. And he said, well, how, how are you going to build it? And I said, well, I'm going to take that wood and I'm going to nail it together and I'm going to make a house. That's what I'm going to do. He said, go ahead. I went out to the garage and, man, I got me some wood. And, man, I started nailing some boards together. And it wasn't long before I had an ugly mess that didn't look like anything because I didn't have any plan. I didn't have any preparation. I didn't have no groundwork. I just thought, man, I'm going to go and man, it's going to look really nice and it'll look like all those others. And it turns out, no, there's a lot of preparation. There's a lot of design before you can jump into the build process. And the Bible is very clear on that in this verse. He says, and afterwards build thine house. And so whether you're physically building something or you're building your family or perhaps you're leading in some other area, maybe you're building a Sunday school class or maybe you're building uh, uh, some other ministry or maybe you're building at work. You have a team of people that work with you or underneath you or some other form or you're leading something. And listen, the preparation has got to be done and then there's the idea of building. And as I look at this passage, I want to specifically apply it to the home being uh, the family. And listen, building a house or building a family and raising children takes work. They, they, you know, it's, it's, they kind of come along and all, they're beautiful. You're like, man, we got these wonderful kids and they're, they're always wonderful zero months and one month and two months and three months and really almost up to six months. They're wonderful, to be honest with you. But it's after that that the things start to change. And you're like, 
man, you know, and, and then they start running around. And they're really adorable even though they run around. And then they start thinking and then they start getting selfish. And then they start wanting this and that. And, and they don't want to eat this and they only want to eat the candy and the sugar and all the other stuff. And you're like, man, I, what happened to this wonderful child I had? You know what? It takes work. It takes effort. And the Bible says this in Proverbs 22, 6, and we've gone over this verse. The Bible says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Listen, it takes training. It takes work. It takes effort to be able to have a child. If you don't train a child to do work and to do chores, you know what? They're not going to do work. They're not going to do chores. Uh, if you don't train a child to do what is right, then they're not going to do what is right. Uh, I've never met a child yet that, uh, that just automatically says, please, may I have something? And then when you give it to them, they're like, thank you very much. That was very kind of you. I've never met a child that does that automatically. You know, you know when you run across a child who does that, you know why that child does that? Because some mom has worked with that child to make him say please and make him say thank you and, and to uh, take care of the, the things and, and pick up after himself. And, and those are things that are taught and it requires work. We're talking about leadership and we're talking about building a house and specifically for a home. Listen, that requires work and it requires effort on our part. It does not just happen. And the same is true uh, for, a, for a Sunday school class, for a church, or for any ministry. It just doesn't happen because, hey, you know, this is not the field of dreams. If you build it, they will come. It doesn't work that way. Uh, there's a significant amount of work that has to be invested. And let us not forget Psalm 127 and verse 1. The Bible says, Except the Lord build the house labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh, but in vain. And we do need to understand that we do need to prepare as though everything depends upon us. We do need to put forth our best effort and understand what our responsibilities are for every job. But then we also need to understand that, hey, we can pour all our best effort into it, but if God doesn't help us and if we don't depend upon God, it's going to be in vain. We have to keep both of those verses in mind. There's balance. There are, is preparation. And we ought to do all the preparation and all of the, 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 the amount that we can. But then at the other side as well, we have to pray and depend upon God as if everything depends upon God. Because the Bible does say, except the Lord build the house, they, that la they labor in vain that build it. We had the opportunity, my daughter has played basketball and is her first year, and I don't know anything about basketball, to be honest with you. I never, never, I played basketball about three times in my life. And that was enough embarrassment that I said, man, these hands, and the, they, don't, they don't just work that way. And I didn't, I didn't work at it, so I didn't get any good at it, and I still don't play today. But my daughter started playing, and this was the first year that they've had a team at their school. And uh, they've never had a, a, a team at their school before. So none of these girls, well, that's not true. Some of them had played. But most of these girls had never played basketball on a team together. And so we went to their first game. And, and I don't know much about basketball, but I can tell you this. There was very little organization on that court. 
They didn't know what they were doing. They didn't know which way they were going. They didn't know how to pass. They didn't know how to dribble. Uh, they didn't know what traveling was. Uh, and and there was, they didn't know what a foul was and, and all this other stuff. And, and as they went, they labored at it and they worked at it. And they, uh, they finally got to a point, man, they were passing and they were shooting baskets and they were dribbling the ball. And, and there was a, a lot of improvement that took place, but it took it took work, and they labored at it. Listen, sometimes we think things ought to just go well. Listen, when things blow up in your face, you know what you do? You roll up your sleeves, you prepare a little more. Okay, well, I messed this up, or I didn't do well in this area. Or, man, how can, I, how can I take another stab at this and do better my second time around? Uh, we don't need to just give up, but we can jump back in and continue working at it because the Bible says here, uh, and afterwards build thine house, and we ought to continue laboring at that, the production part of it, and continue working at it. And so uh, we, need to, we need to work at those things. And listen, that's whatever area that you're in. You can apply that across the board just in general. Then look with me at verse number 28. Not only do we have preparation and we ought to be prepared, we have production and we ought to work at it, we ought to do the best we can. It's a very practical verse of building and, and doing those. But I want you to notice the prudence in verse 28 and 29. Prudence means this, again, I'll define it for you. It means wisdom in the way of caution and provision, discretion or carefulness. Look at verse number 28. The Bible says, be not a witness against thy neighbor without cause, and deceive not with thy lips. Say not, I will do so to him as he hath done to me. I will render to the man according to his works. These two verses go together. Really, all three of them do because the first one's talking about building a house uh, and building a home, and then the second one is talking about your neighbors that would be uh, obviously right beside you and would be close to you. And the context goes hand in hand together here with the idea of a house and being a neighbor. But I want us to notice the prudence that, that should be taken after we've built our house and after we have a neighbor. And he says there in verse 28, Be not a witness against thy neighbor without a cause, and deceive not with thy lips. One thing I want us to notice and realize is that we should not be destructive towards our neighbors. Um, there's some, it says right there in, in, the last, in the first part, it says, Be not a witness against thy neighbor without a cause. In other words, the idea of being a witness against thy neighbor would be to testify that, hey, my neighbor uh, did this and he, he's, he's uh, this or that and he's a problem. Uh, and maybe a, a witness in a bad way. It's not talking about a witness as in going over and giving the guy a gospel track, okay? Uh, that's not what it's talking about. He's saying, be not a witness against thy neighbor without a cause. In other words, uh, you don't have reason to be destructive. I don't understand, but some people are just very destructive and hurtful and mean people. Um, and, and I just, I have a hard time understanding that, to be honest with you. But there's people like that. Uh, and maybe you live by one. I remember years ago we lived in a place, and, and I'll not tell you where, but we lived in a place, and, and, uh, and we had a neighbor, and I'll be honest with you, I was young, and he kind of scared me. I, I thought, man, that guy is scary. 
And, and I thought, and I was, you know, I was married, and so uh, I thought, you know, I'm going to go over and I'm going to talk to that guy. I'm going to find out who he is and just kind of get to know him. And, um, and I went over to his house, and, and I knocked on the door, and no answer. And the guy never came out during the daytime. I mean, never. And, uh, and, and so I thought, man, that's kind of weird. And he would actually he would mow his lawn at like 10 o'clock at night after the sun went down. I, and that's why I was like, that's weird. I mean, I need to get to know who this guy is. I need to know who he is. And uh, I never did know who he was, but I, I'm sure everyone's had neighbors that are difficult to get along with or hard to uh, maybe live beside, or maybe they're always kind of uh, doing something, or uh, maybe they're not kind or, or, or friendly. But listen, we ought not be destructive towards those neighbors. It's not our responsibility to run around and, and tear down that neighbor to all the other neighbors. That guy, he always does this and he always does that and he never does this and he's just kind of a problem. And, and, uh, and, and it, we ought not, the Bible is saying here very clearly, be not a witness against thy neighbor without a cause. In other words, we don't need to run around and be destroying other people's testimony or, or life. Uh, regardless if they're not very friendly or regardless if they're not a, a, a very uh, nice person per se. Uh, as I think about this verse even, I'll go a step further because you remember in Luke chapter number 10 uh, when Jesus was talking with the, uh, the one of the young men and he said, well, I'm good, I, I'm going to get to heaven because I've been good. And, and he said, Jesus named off a few laws. And he said, all these I've kept from my youth up. And, and, um, and he says, uh, he says, love thy neighbor as thyself. And, and the young man, the Bible says, willing to justify himself, said, and who is my neighbor? Kind of like, I'm okay because I got two neighbors, I'm good. They're both friendly. And Jesus went on and he gave the parable of the good Samaritan and how he fell among thieves and he was beaten. And he used that to illustrate that anybody that we would come across in life will be our neighbor. And it's not just physically your neighbor, though certainly that does apply, but it's people in general. We ought not to go around running our mouth trying to destroy other people. Look at what it says again. Be not a witness against thy neighbor without a cause. Now we ought not go around and run and try and destroy other people. Uh, we, that's very clear. Now you say, well, I got to, praise the Lord, I got that catchphrase without a cause. So I got my road in and I'm covered and they did me wrong. So man, I can really give it to them and I'm going to run around. I'm going to tell everybody how they wronged me. Go on to verse 29. The Bible says this, say not, here's the golden rule right in the Old Testament. Say not, I will do so to him as he hath done to me. I will render to the man according to his works. The Bible says we should not do that. And as you recall in the New Testament that uh, we're not to do that. And you say, well, listen, does that mean, um, you know, we should just let people run all over us? Well, we're not saying that. But in all honesty, if it's, if it's something that is not criminal, leave it to God. If it's a criminal offense, by all means, go to the law. I'm not saying don't go to the law. But I'm saying we, we are so quick to take up justice for ourselves 
and to revenge ourselves when somebody else has wronged us and to uh, witness against somebody else. Uh, now listen, if it's, a, if it's criminal offense, certainly go to the law. I'm not saying then. But, but listen, if there's no criminal offense and it's just that guy was mean or this or that, uh, then, then certainly we ought to leave it in God's hands. And we ought to... The Bible says, in, and I think it's in Romans, overcome evil with good. We ought to overcome evil with good. That's kind of the New Testament side to this passage that, hey, we're, we're not to just run around and try to destroy people. Look at what the second part of verse 28, we kind of skipped over that, says, and deceive not with thy lips. In other words, when you witness against thy neighbor, uh, the, the, the tendency is to tell what they've done and then some. And added, not only did that, but they also did this and this and this and this. And it's deceptive, it's misleading, and it's not always true. And the Bible would tell us that, hey, we need to be careful that we're not out maligning people and destroying people. And our goal should not be to, to do that. But as a Christian, as Jesus gave the parable of the Good Samaritan, our goal and our, our life should be to build up other people and to help other people. Now, will people wrong you? Oh, people will wrong you, yes. Will people make you mad? Yes, people will make you mad. But sometimes you just have to take the high road. Most of the time you should take the high road and say, you know what, God, I'm going to leave it in your hands. I'm going to let you take care of it. And I'm just going to continue. And you know what I've found in life? You give people enough rope, they'll hang themselves. That's the bottom line. You just let them keep going, keep going, and eventually they're going to get all tangled up in their own traps that they've set. And, and it's really, it's sad to watch somebody fall and trip over all their own traps and over all their own things because we should not be destructive, the Bible says. He says there in verse 27, we'll read it one more time, 28 and 29, Be not a witness against thy neighbor without a cause, and deceive not with thy lips. Say not, I will do, to, do so to him as he hath done to me. I will render to the man according to his works. Jesus said that revenge belongs to him. And that we ought to leave it that way. And, uh, and be Christian. And listen, it's, it's, sometimes it's hard to forgive. But it's the best thing and it will be the best thing for you and for your life. And so... Uh, hopefully that's helpful to you. I think those are qualities of leadership. Preparation, production, and then prudence in dealing with other people, dealing with our neighbor, dealing with those that are around us. And, uh, and I hope and pray that that's a blessing to you. As we stand to our feet with our heads bowed, if you're, uh, if you're comfortable standing, we'll just have a short hymn of invitation. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your word. Thank you for how practical, God, your word is to us that we should prepare. It's pretty simple. We should produce, and yes, that requires work and effort on our part and trust and faith in you. And then, God, we should be prudent with those around us. God, help us to be prudent people, friendly, having the compassion of Christ wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Father, we'll thank you for that. God, I pray that you'd bless each and every person that's here and listening, and Father, we'll thank you for that. In Jesus' precious name I pray.
Amen. As the piano begins to play, just a short hymn of invitation. If you're comfortable, remain sitting for just a minute, then we'll be. I need to meet with our deacons for just a couple minutes. So, guys, if I can let you be dismissed, I'll join, join you in my office in just a minute. It will be like two minutes. We don't have to sit down. It'll be real quick so wives don't get nervous. If you go ahead and dismiss yourself, then I promise to be right over there in just a minute. Let me just remind you about 